This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles, and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Conspiracy. It is 2 p.m. the afternoon of October 17, 1926. Captain Clint Stinson of Texas Ranger Company B is seated in his office. Across the desk from him sits a woman sobbing bitterly. <laughs> they killed him, I tell you. They shot him down in cold blood the way they'd shoot a dog. <laughs> now, get a grip on yourself, Mrs. Wendell. Oh, help me. Please help me. Ed was a good man. Our baby's only seven months old. Now Ed is dead, and the man who killed him is walking the streets of Crescent as though nothing happened. Crescenta? Yes, in Ames County. That's where I came from. I see. <laughs> Some pretty funny things have been happening in Ames County. <laughs> who was the man who killed your husband? A man named Ray Thorpe. It happened four days ago. But he wasn't even arrested. The grand jury said that according to the evidence, he killed Ed in self-defense. Any witnesses testified to that? Yes, three of them. But they were lying. They were lying. My Ed never carried a gun in his life. Are you sure of that? A wife doesn't always know. I knew. Why can't you help me? What kind of a world am I living in? What kind of a world am I bringing my baby up in when his father could be killed without anybody even lifting a hand? <laughs> now, now, just take it easy, Mrs. Wendell, please. Yes, Captain. Get me a sheriff porch at Crescenta in Ames County. Yes. What are you calling him for? I want to help you, Mrs. Wendell, if there's anything that calls for help. You won't get the truth in sheriff porch. You said yourself that funny things are happening in Ames County. Funny things are liable to happen in any county where there's a big oil strike. Drifters and floaters crowd in. You can't always condemn a sheriff for what happens. <laughs> you mean it's just too bad if a man gets murdered. I didn't say that, ma'am. Yes. Sheriff Porch, Captain. Go ahead. Hello. Hello, Captain Stinson. How are you? Fine, Sheriff. I'd like a little information. Sure thing. What about? Man named Ed Wendell, shot and killed in Crescenta by a man called Ray Thorpe. Well, ain't much I can tell you, Captain. Thorpe killed Wendell in self-defense. Wendell's always been, well, sort of a hothead, troublemaker. Started a fight with Thorpe and pulled a gun on him. Thorpe had to kill him to save his own hide. I understand there were witnesses. There sure were three of them. And one of the three was my deputy. 
open and shut case. I see. Well, thanks, Sheriff. Just checking. Uh, what brought the case to your mind? Uh, you have uh, some sort of a complaint? Wendell's wife thinks he was murdered in cold blood. Well, Captain, you know women. Can't believe anything wrong about the men, folks. That happens. Thanks, Sheriff. Anytime. Goodbye. Goodbye. You don't have to say anything. I know what he told you. Mrs. Wendell, I'm sorry, but there's nothing much I can do. He left the house smiling, waving to the baby. And he never came back. They wouldn't even let me see him again after he was killed. What's that? (laughs) Mrs. Wendell, are you telling me that you never saw your husband's body after he was dead? No, they wouldn't let me. They said it was a law because of the way he got killed. There's no law like that. Are you sure you're telling me the truth? Why would I lie to you? You never saw the body. No, I tell you, they buried him in the county cemetery the day after he was killed. Do you know if an autopsy was performed? I don't know. I see Mrs. Wendell, if I can get an order to have your husband's body exhumed, will you give your permission? Yes, but... Oh, they won't let you do it. They're not going to know it's being done. Yes, Captain? Put out a call for Jace Pearson. Tell him to report to me immediately. And bring Steve Clark in, too. Then get me headquarters at Austin. By late afternoon, Captain Stinson had a magistrate's authorization to exhume the body of Ed Wendell. Later the same night, Texas Rangers Jace Pearson and Steve Clark, accompanied by a medical examiner and Mrs. Wendell, were at the Ames County Cemetery, three miles from the county seat at Crescenta. Box lid is almost clear, Jace. All right, Steve, hold it. See if we can get the top off now. Want to flash that light down here, Doc? Oh, yeah, sure, Jase. Mrs. Wendell. Yes? Maybe you better go wait in the car, ma'am. No, I'm all right. She'll have to identify the body anyhow, Jase. I guess you're right. All right, Steve, let's get the cover off. Right. Yeah, that's got it. Just lift it up over the edge of the hole. Yeah. Yeah. The body's completely covered with a sheet. Yeah. We'll lift it out to you. I got this in. All right, lift. Yeah. Uh, I can get a hold now. Yeah, I'll help you. Uh, all right, that does it. Boost me, Jason. I'll pull you up. All right. All right, now grab my wrist. Got it. Hey, we'll have to replace the cover and shovel the grave in again. We can do that as soon as Mrs. Wendell identifies the body. I hate to ask you like this, ma'am. It's all right. I know he's dead. What can it matter? Uh, Jase, you got a pocket knife? Have to slit this sheet. Yeah, here, Doc. Yeah. Well, Mrs. Wendell? Yes. <laughs> Don't look anymore, ma'am. You better take it to the car, Steve. Come on, ma'am. There's nothing more you can do. <laughs> Just a sheet on him. Didn't even bury him with his clothes. It wasn't even embalmed. Something strange here, Jace. Here, let me roll the body over. Pull that sheet down further. Sure. No marks in the head and the chest. Uh, Here. Here's what we're looking for. Yeah. This man was shot, all right. 
shot in the back. The medical examiner took the body into the funeral parlor and Steve Clark took Mrs. Wendell home. It was after 2 a.m., but what I had to do couldn't wait. I located the home of the county attorney, Lou Morrison, a ranch about 10 miles out of Crescenta. I got him out of bed. Oh, what's on your mind this time of night, Ranger? Official business. Seems to me you could have waited and come to the courthouse in town in the morning. A few men I'm after might be disappearing from town by morning. I had to wake you up. I need some warrants. Warrants? For somebody in Crescenta? Yeah. The first one for a man named Ray Thorpe. On what charges? The murder of Ed Wendell. Thorpe killed Wendell in self-defense. He's already been exonerated by the grand jury. Look, Mr. Morrison, I've just come from the cemetery. We exhumed Wendell's body. The body can't be exhumed without an order? We had an order from a magistrate at the other end of the county. And Wendell's body proves Thorpe couldn't have killed him in self-defense because Wendell was shot in the back. That's impossible. Did you see the body before he was buried? No. No, I didn't. But, But there were witnesses. The witnesses lied. Mr. Morrison, I want a murder warrant for Ray Thorpe. All right, Ranger. You seem to have some evidence. I'll go into my office and write them up. You can get Judge Paget to sign them. Thanks. I'll have to dress. You, uh, said that you, you wanted several warrants. That's right. Three more beside Thorpe's. Oh. For the witnesses who claimed that Thorpe shot in self-defense. On what charge? That's a funny question from a county attorney. A charge of perjury before the grand jury. I got the warrants, but Morrison's attitude told me they weren't going to be easy to serve. I'd arranged to meet Steve Clark at an all-night cafe in Crescenta. He was waiting there. Get the warrants? Yeah. Jace, there's something funny about this town. It smells to high heaven. And say that again. There's more to this than just a murder. The county attorney didn't want to cooperate. And one of Thorpe's witnesses is a deputy sheriff. Yeah, it looks like the law is trying to cover Wendell's death. And I think I found out why. Yeah. Mrs. Wendell spilled it when I was taking her home. Said that her husband was planning on having some kind of a meeting at his house on the night of the day that he was killed. She say what kind of a meeting? Yeah, it's about the county elections coming up next month. What about him? Uh, Sheriff Porch and County Attorney Morrison are both running for re-election, but nobody's running against him. Both unopposed candidates? Yeah, that's why Wendell called a meeting. He didn't like it. He was fixing to stir the town up for a writing vote. How come Mrs. Wendell didn't mention that before? I guess it didn't seem to have any connection with her husband getting killed before. You finished with your coffee? Yeah. Let's get those warrants served. This town's going to get awful hot. Sharp works on a ranch out beyond the oil fields. I'll go out there and pick him up while you... Hit the ground, Steve! Where'd it come from? Caught a flash from the corner across the street. There's something moving in the shadows there. Let him have it! He's mounted, Jason! He cut through the alley, the fields behind town. Can't get a shot at him now. Come on, let's get our horses out of the trailer. Right. Keep back, everybody. Keep Keep back. back! Come on, Sharky. Come on, Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Ah. There he is, Jace, topping the rise. Not going to go far. His horse is breaking stride. Looks like he's gone lame. Yeah, must have picked up a stone. He'll have to leave him soon. He's out of sight now. Be careful after we cross the rim. He may run on foot and keep going or he... 
May drop in the cover and try and pick us off. Any way he wants to play is all right with me. Hey, here's the top of the rise. Hunch low in your saddle. There's his horse, Chase. No rider. Yeah, he's dismounted. Pull up fast and drop. Whoa, whoa, Chase. Whoa, Longhorn. He's in that clump of mesquite. Yeah, I know it. Keep flat. The moon touches the top of that brush beside you. Reach over and nudge it. Draw fire. Right. You get him? I don't know. The skeet seems bent over like there's some weight on part of it. Crawl toward it. Keep your gun ready. Better stay a few feet apart. No sign of movement. We'll know in a minute. I can see a boot sticking out of the mesquite. Must be laying out flat. He's hit all right. We can get up. trouble with him, Jason. Right between the eyes. <laughs> Some shot for hitting a man you couldn't see. I knew he was firing a rifle. He had to be drawn a sight, so I just fired a little above and to the right of the flash. Wonder who he is. We'll find that out later. Better get his horse. We'll have to lead him back. Yeah. Easy, boy. Easy now. Come on, we'll fix where it hurts. Turn him a little, Steve. Let the moon hit this side of his saddle. Yeah. Around, boy. What do you see? couple of letters burned into the leather. Yeah, look like initials. Hey, R.T. Yeah, R.T. I guess we can tear up that warrant for Ray Thorpe. You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with tonight's case, Conspiracy, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. It was sunup when we got back to the main street of Crescenta. The town was waking up for the day, and shopkeepers and morning crews headed for work in the oil fields followed us to the funeral home. I was unstrapping Thorpe's body from my saddle when Sheriff Porch came through the crowd. Let me through here. Let me through. Well, howdy, Rangers. Howdy. Hello, Sheriff. Uh, see, you got Thorpe, all right. About time somebody got him. Yeah, I know. County attorney told me what you found out. Could have knocked me over with a feather. I'll bet. All right, Steve, grab his feet and let's carry him in. Right. Uh, I'll get the door for you. Put him down there. All right. Sure is heavy. Tried to fight it out, eh? Tried to ambush us, you mean. And somebody better explain how he knew we were after him. Reckon you can blame me for that, Ranger. What do you mean by that? County attorney called me right after Judge Padgett signed your warrants for you. I knew where Thorpe was hanging out when the hot spots outside the town. Thought I'd go out and pick him up for you. When I told him you was after him, he sort of caught me off balance in Bolden. Kind of convenient, Sheriff. Especially since you let him out once before. After he'd shot a man in the back. I didn't know that. I never looked at Wendell's body. I, well, I was home, sick. My deputy handled the case. Same deputy that said Thorpe shot in self-defense? Yeah, same one, Joe Slade. I got a warrant for him, too. I know. That's why I got him locked up in the jail right now. You're getting mighty cooperative, Sheriff. Well, Slade was right with me when I heard you wanted him. I know my job. I'm trying to help you. How about the other two witnesses Thorpe had? Rollo Kane and Arthur Sampson. I still got warrants for them. You'll find them out in the oil field, I reckon. They got two operating wells and they're drilling a third. Just past the old stockade north of town. 
You'll need horses. The road's too muddy for a car. I'll ride out with you. Thanks, but we can handle it. You need a rest. You've been working too hard. They're not drilling, Jace. They're just pulling the drill stem out of the hole. Yeah, probably jumped the pin on the bit. Funny thing, Kane and Samson being mixed up in this Wendell killing. You think a couple of oil men with producing wells would be on the side of the law? Something behind this we haven't hit yet, Steve. Man by the tool shed's watching us. Oh, yeah. Doesn't seem to be doing much work. Maybe he's one of our boys. Won't take long to find out. Be able to ask him in a second. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, boy. Whoa, whoa, boy. Howdy, Rangers. Howdy. Hello. Like to talk to you for a minute. Mind telling your crew to knock off? Sure thing. Holy boys, cut far. Ah, what's on your mind? What's your name? Kane. Rollo Kane. Arthur Sampson around? That's him. Up on top of the dirt, greasing the crown chip. What's the matter down there, Rollo? Tell him to come on down. All right. Rangers want you to come down. Uh, uh, send a hook up for me. Uh, just a second. Look, what's this all about? I got warrants for you and your partner. Oh? What for? Perjury before the county grand jury. <laughs> you must have the wrong names, Ranger. I never testified for a grand jury. Who are you trying to kid, mister? Records will show whether you did or not, so if you didn't, you got nothing to worry about. Now get your partner down here. All right. All right, boys, send a hook up. Look, you uh, mind if I get my coat? It's right there in the two shed. Go ahead. I can watch you. All right, thanks. Power. Hey, drive clamps fell from the top of the derrick. Yeah, hit right where we were standing. Thanks for the push. Yeah. Hey, you you heard, Rangers? That come close to being nasty accident. It came close to being nasty, but I don't think it was close to being an accident. What do you mean? You know what I mean, Kane. Pretty convenient time for you to step into that tool shed. Well, I'm just lucky, Rangers. Starting right now, your luck's running out. All right, Samson, you can climb down. I'm sorry that happened, Rangers. I just knocked it off, reaching for that hook. If anything else falls from that, Derek, you're going to come with it. Oh, come on now, climb down. All right, climb down. No, man can't be too careful if he wants to live, Ranger. These oil fields can be dangerous. There's something else can be dangerous too, Kane. Something you're going to find out about. Yeah? What's that? Breaking the law in the state of Texas. We herded Kane and Samson back to Crescenta and marched them into the jail. All right, boys, step in. Go ahead, I'll see you right to the cell. Uh, you know the law, Ranger. Gotta check your guns here in the office if you come inside the cell block gate. Unbuckle them and hang them in the cabin. All right. I want to talk to your deputy, Joe Slade, anyhow. Steve, you better take care of the horses. Right, well, I'll meet you. Well, we can eat at the cafe in about an hour. Okay, Chase. I'll see you later. All right, Sheriff. Go on, Kane. Move. You too, Samson. All right. You know, you're not going to keep us here long, Ranger. We'll see. Your charge won't stand up. Into the tank with Slade. Was wondering when I was going to get company, Sheriff. If I knew you wouldn't let your star deputy die lonesome. Shut up, Joe. Get out of the gateway and let these men in, Slade. For sure, Ranger. Sure. Come in, fella. I want to talk to you, Slade. Why, sure. 
You're Jace Pearson, ain't you? You got a reputation for being pretty good with the gun. I'm still alive. Why did you lie to the grand jury? Me? You got the wrong boy, Ranger. Oh, it's my office phone. You gonna give me the same story I got from your two pals? That's right, Ranger. Same stuff. Sure. Slade never appeared before the grand jury either. It's all your imagination, Ranger. If the three of you have one brain to go around, you'll tell the truth. You're not in here without evidence. The grand jury records are being subpoenaed. Listen to the man, fellas. He knows all about the law. You're in for a few surprises, Ranger. A few big surprises. Seeing the three of you sent to Huntsville isn't going to be a surprise to me. A Ranger. Yes, Sheriff. What? So you got a gun, Sheriff. You're not supposed to bring a gun past the cell block gate either. It won't do no harm. You don't make me use it. You see, Ranger? Surprises, like I said. Back away from that cell gate, Ranger. All right. Now you get in there with him. What's the idea? You're under arrest by order of the county attorney. For what? For the murder of Ray Thorpe. The sheriff was showing his colors openly now. He was part and parcel of all that was crooked in Ames County. I was dumped into a cell with three men who would gladly kill me if I gave him the chance. Don't stay off in the corner by yourself, Ranger. That's far enough, Slade. I'm keeping this side of the cell for myself. Don't come past the middle, any of you. Who's going to stop us? Sheriff is gone for the day. Yeah, since I'm in here, thanks to you, there ain't nobody on guard. I didn't come to this town alone, you know. You're counting on help from that other ranger. Don't get too happy about it. Probably somebody breathing down his neck right now, just like we're breathing down yours. Be too bad if you got to brooding about the way you killed Thorpe. Sheriff forgot to take your belt away. You might hang yourself. You got real broken up. Sure. I might even stab myself with this. He's got a knife. Lousy pocket knife. You think you're going to scare three of us with that? No, not three of you. But I'm figuring it's good enough to scare one of you, the one who comes at me first. You better get together and figure out which one of you it's going to be, because he's the one who's going to get killed before I do. I didn't dare sleep. I had to watch every move they made. There was no sign of Steve Clark in the morning the sheriff came in. He took Kane, Samson, and Slade out for the arraignment before the judge. When he came back, he didn't bring him back with him. Here's some food for you. Stop playing, Sheriff. You know I'm not going to eat anything you give me. Suit yourself. You may be here a long time. Longer than most of your prisoners stay. What happened to him? If it's any of your business, Judge Paget released him. No evidence. You call grand jury records no evidence? Seems like the grand jury records have been misplaced. I suppose the county attorney took care of that. This town's going to come down around your ears, Sheriff. You can't... What's that? Maybe what I've been expecting. What happened to Steve Clark? Well, how, how should I know? You mean you don't know whether your men got him or not? Well, you couldn't have gotten away. Watch your hurry, Sheriff. All right, now, keep your hands away from that gun cabinet, Sheriff. Captain Spencer. Jace! I'm all right, Steve. Have you out in a minute, Jace. Take the keys, Steve. You can't let him out. He's my prisoner. We've got a rate for him. And to keep the record straight, Sheriff, you'll mind. I don't see Howdy, boy. Glad to see you, Steve. 
I was afraid you caught one in the back. Yeah, no, not quite. They tried to take me after I left here, but I got away on Longhorn, outrun them. Had to ride cross country most of the night to get to a phone. Let's go. We got a lot to clean up. Yeah. Captain's got a lot of information on what there is to clean up. Yeah, I sure have. Things that Porch could have told you, Jace. Porch is a rich man, aren't you, Porch? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about bank accounts all over the state. Big, fat accounts belonging to you and to County Attorney Morrison and Judge Paget. I've been checking on you for two days. You can't prove nothing wrong about that. Yes, we can, Sheriff. We've just come from the courthouse. Your friends didn't have time to burn all the records. You're getting a little pale, Sheriff. It was just business, that's all. Nice business. You and others like you forming a combine to rob the people of this county. We can convict you on 50 conspiracy counts, along with complicity in Wendell's murder. But killing Wendell wasn't my idea. Morrison ordered it when Wendell started to raise a fuss about the administration. That's all I wanted to hear. Jace, you and Steve go after Morrison. He's not in town. Must be at his ranch. What about the others? Well, we had a shooting match with Samson and Kane as we left the courthouse. They were making a run in the car. Some of our boys took him to the hospital for patching up. Mm, how about Joe Slade? No trace of him, but I got a hunch we'll find him with Morrison. Morrison's accounts show Slade's on his payroll, probably burning more papers out at the ranch. Let's go. On the ride to County Attorney Morrison's ranch, Steve Clark gave me the insight on the gigantic racket that had been working in Ames County. Yeah, Jace, Captain dug it all up. When the oil strike came, Morrison's crowd bought up county land at auction, but no auctions were actually held. Of course, Morrison and his pals didn't take the land in their own names. They turned it over to men like Kane and Samson, strong-armed boys who'd give them a kickback. But there must have been some of the townsmen known what was going on. Uh, sure they did, but they were scared stiff. Didn't always take force to do it either. How can you fight a crook when he's in control of the law you had to fight him with? A couple of men who wanted to run for office were beaten out of the idea. That's why Morrison and Porch had no opposition. There's Morrison's ranch up ahead. Yeah, I see it. Hey, Jace, look. There's a car coming down the ranch road. Really raising dust, too. Step on it. Block them off the intersection before they get on this highway. We'll beat them to it, all right. Hey, they spotted us. Car's turning. And we're almost the ranch road. Keep low. You get cut, Jace? No. Get their tires when I turn in after them. Yeah. Good shot. Hey, they turn turtle. Out. Look out, Steve. That slave breaking for the trees. I'll get him. You dig Morrison out of the rack. Right. You miss, Slade. I won't miss again. You're gonna have to step out and take better aim than that. I got Morrison, Jace. You're up, Slade, Willie. You better listen to him, Slade. Huh? All right, Ranger. Guess it'd be crazy to shoot it off. I'm coming. I'm dropping my gun. Both hands up. Get that arm from behind your back. I can. I hurt my arm and my back when the car turned. Watch him, Jake! Oh! Come on, Morrison. Uh, still had one rattlesnake trick left, didn't he? Yeah. His last one. We'll send somebody out for his body. All right, Morrison, let's get back to town. My company should have all your friends rounded up by now, including that phony grand jury you stacked. You won't keep us long. I wouldn't bet on that, Morrison. You won't be handling the prosecution this time, and the judge won't be one of your partners. Get moving, mister. You've got a long way to go.
The Ames County conspiracy was smashed and 12 key men were convicted and sentenced to jail terms ranging from 10 to 50 years. Since then, Ames County has become a model American community. Now, here again is the star of our show, Joel McRae. Texans are mighty proud of their state, and the story that best illustrates that pride has made the rounds for many years. It was started by an old Texas ranger whose son was going off to war. In parting, the ranger gave him this advice. Son, you're going to be with fellas from all over the world. There's one thing you must never do. Never ask a man where he's from. If he's from Texas, he'll tell you. And if he isn't, don't embarrass him by asking. Good night, folks. See you next week. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Frenchie. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Lillian Byeth, Herb Ellis, Ken Christie, Byron Kane, Tom McKee, Lamont Johnson, and Herb Vigran. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Mercott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Hal Gibney speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Tomorrow evening, Gordon McRae sings for you as the Railroad Hour presents a melodic adaptation of One Touch of Venus. Gordon's guest for tomorrow's Railroad Hour production is Ginny Sims. The Telephone Hour tomorrow brings you celebrated contralto Marian Anderson as featured artist. Miss Anderson will offer a group of spirituals and operatic selections accompanied by Donald Voorhees and the orchestra. Phil Baker asks the $64 question next on NBC. The Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective. Effie? Effie? Eff? Oh. I waited. Say what you have to say and I'll go. You've been through a tough time, sweetheart. Well, you didn't make it any easier. You think it was a cakewalk for me? You think my nerves are made of rubber? You have no nerves. You're just a cold, callous old detective. You're going to listen to me. You're going to sit still, not talk, and listen. I when can't... I've finished, you can say goodnight or goodbye. First, you're going to listen to me. You remember how it started? Yesterday evening, when you told me it was your mother's birthday, you were giving a party, you said, and you wanted me to come? I tried to beg off being no social butterfly, but Mom would be hurt, you said. And so the next thing I knew, there I was at your house, surrounded by two dozen strangers, ten gallons of lemonade, and your mother. I've been wanting to have a talk with you, Mr. Spade, about Effie. I can't think of a nicer subject, Mrs. Perrine. <laughs> Effie is just so devoted to you, Mr. Spade. Yeah, well, uh, I, uh, mother. I'm very devoted to Effie, too, mother. Mrs. Perrine. 
What I mean is... I, I think we should do something. Party's dying on a seat. Oh, you want me to spike the lemonade, Effie? It just so happens that I have here in my pocket a bottle of... Uh... I have a wonderful idea. It'll make the party one big, happy family. You just wait and see now. Quiet! Quiet, everybody. What's she up to? Some kind of game, probably. Mother's great on game. Oh, that's all I need. Your attention, please. Oh, oh, excuse me. There's Miss Brent going now. Miss Brent? Oh, Miss Brent? Yeah, Mrs. Green. Won't you join the party? I'd love to, but I have an appointment. Oh, what a shame. Oh, do stay. Thank you. Some other time. Oh, Lola's so nice. She rents the sitting room upstairs. I wish she could have stayed. Well, well, I- I'll explain the game now. Oh, Mrs. Prina, I think I'll stay after all. Oh, how nice. Oh, you've brought a gentleman friend. Yeah, yeah, he... This is Marty. Mighty? Oh, but Mighty, I'd like to... Lola sat down and crossed her legs at me. When I left me where I would have preferred to see a dimple, I saw a tattoo mark. Her gentleman friend, Marty, was a small, stocky guy, all teeth and New York tie. He uh, shook hands all around, and it felt like the paw of a stale stiff. This is Mr. Spade. He's a private detective that he works for. Lola's from Kansas City, Mr. Spade. Oh? She's waiting for her husband to return from service overseas. I'm glad he's coming home safely. Where's he stationed? Uh, Japan. Yeah, he's... Now, quiet, everybody, quiet. We're going to play charades. Oh, it's very simple. Now, you see, I'm the captain of Team A. Now, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Burson, oh, he's so clever. He can be captain of Team B. Now, dears, quiet, everybody. Now, we'll both select the members of our team, and then um, each of you will uh, write something on a slip of paper. Uh, we'll write a quotation or a phrase, you know, the title of a song, whatever you like. Doesn't matter. Just something interesting and clever. Then I think. Yes, yes, I think that's right. You act out what you've written all in pantomime. No words can be used, although sounds are permissible. Dears, you must listen to me or we can't play the game. Now, you can't play unless you know how. And then your team must guess what is written on the paper. And you act it out. Now, any questions? How many words can we put? Oh, any amount of words. Oh, no, not, not over ten, though. Too long, yes. Now, everybody... Teams ready? were chosen. I wound up on now, Mrs. Perrine's Team A. The slips of paper were handed out to the guests. I wrote down, quote, the raven nevermore. So I'd have to make like a raven. While everybody was getting settled, uh, Lola Brent came up to me. She pushed a slip of paper into my hand. This is your charade, Mr. Spade. Oh, but I got Isn't this one. fun? Please, don't lose the charade I gave you. And with that, she lost herself in the crowd. I pushed the paper she handed me into my pocket without looking at it. Her gentleman friend, Marty, the little character with a New York tie, was out in the center of the floor acting his charade. He flapped his arms up and down, quacked twice, and rolled over on his back. Nobody got it, so he did it again. We'll go on to the... Oh! Sam! Sam, he's dead! And he certainly was. A deader duck I'd never seen. I bent to him and his lips were turning blue. Somebody had spiked his last drink with a jigger of poison. 
One hour later, Dundee and the homicide boys, including the medic, had taken a step downtown. No one could identify him. Lola Brent had brought him to the party, but she'd taken a powder. You and Mom were kind of shaky, so I decided to spend the night on the sofa in the living room. I only used up about three hours of it when I heard the front door open. I figured it was Lola. I got to my feet, crossed to the hall, and found myself staring into the biggest forty-five I ever saw. Where's the duck? Who? He wants to know who, Poby. Look, we don't want no trouble. You're protecting this duke. Okay. All we want is the duck. Try Walt Disney. I should have known they had no sense of humor. The butt of the gun caught me behind the left ear. That's where it usually catches me. I don't know how much more sleep I packed away until I felt you shaking me. Sam! Sam! Huh? What, Effie? They took Mom. Those gunmen, they took Mom. What happened? They came into our bedroom. Yeah? They hit me. What? Right here. Yeah? And then they grabbed Mama. They wanted the duck. Then what were they saying? They took Mom out with them. I'll call the police. Effie, no, no. But they've got Mom. Oh, for heaven's sake, Sam. They took my mother with them. No, no, we can't call the police, Effie. Not yet. They they want something. They want the duck. I think Mom has it. She's safe for a while, but if we call the police, she's... Oh, Sam, Sam, what shall we do? What shall we do? Keep our fingers crossed and play the rest of the caper by ear. So you promised that you wouldn't call the police until I gave you the nod. I went out to buzz the town. I figured it was an out-of-state mob, probably New York. The Gunzels were after the duck. Well, that made no sense. They thought I was the muscle for the juke joint. I hustled over to Jenny the juke. If she didn't know the score, nobody would. Her place was dark. And finally, she opened up and led me into the rear. When I mentioned the duck, she shut down tighter than a clam in December. It's blisters, Sam. Blisters, I tell you. This ain't only the local law, this is the feds. Go away, Sam. My joint ain't juking for the duration. Listen, Jenny, there's an out-of-state mob. They put the arm on my secretary's mother. She don't know the time of day. They pulled the wrong feather. I don't hear a word you say, Sam. They're mixed up in the juke joint, Griff. You you know who they are. Where's the duck, Jenny? Sam, you're winging in the breeze, Now, Sam. give me a rundown, Jenny, or I'll tear your ears off. I want that old woman back safe. You can't muscle me, Sam. You know why? Because you'll tear my ears off, and that's where you'll stop. <laughs> that's where they begin. Okay, Jenny, okay. One thing. Can you get word to them? Uh, maybe. Or you try. Maybe. Tell them I've got the duck. I'll deal for the old woman. I'll try. Go back to your office. If I can throw a little weight, you'll get a call. If I can't, you can come back for my ears. And when I got back to the office, I had you on my hands. And that was no rest cure. But I can't just sit here. Do something. We've got to sit and wait. Maybe they're killing her. Maybe... Oh, Sam, please, call the police. No, we got to sweat it out. I can't. I can't go on like this. Who sent you? Jenny the Duke. What's your name? I'm Dennis O'Rourke. I'm here to talk about the duck. Good enough. Come into my office. Effie, you wait out here. Wait here, I said. Sit down. Thank you, thank you. I'm a lawyer, Mr. Speed. I'm here to represent my client. What's his name? John Doe. Mm Mm-hmm. Jane Doe's big brother, huh? My client has been led to believe that you are prepared to uh, produce the duck. Is that correct? More or less. What's it worth to your client? My client is willing to trade the old woman for the duck. <laughs> you go back and tell your client I'm a big boy now. I, uh, 
I don't understand, Mr. Speed. This town is loaded with old women. All I have to do is walk up and down Market Street, but there's only one duck. There must be a misunderstanding. Well, let me put you straight. I've got the duck. Where? Oh, don't be cute. Your client wants the duck. Okay. For 50 G. $50,000, is it? Things are high all over. Yeah, but the old woman is uh, Mrs. Green. Aren't you interested? Now, listen. You can do whatever you like about the old woman. So you got an old woman. Get rid of her however you want. That's your source. What's important is that you want the duck. I want 50 grand. Do we play? Well, no, I... Effie. I thought we had an audience the other side of the door. Dave, what were you... Shut up. Save it, Effie. This is business. Easiest money of the season. Well, if you're ready to talk business, we'll go and talk to my client, Mr. Spade. Now, let's go. What I heard you say. You did... Oh, Sam! You've known me a long time, Effie. But maybe you don't know me. The United States Armed Forces Radio Service is presenting the weekly adventure of Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, Sam Spade. The car that drove us down the peninsula was brand new. I could tell by the way the upholstery smelled and the careful way the driver handled it. O'Rourke, the lawyer, sat up front and I sat in the back, squeezed between two gunners. Gun muzzles stuck into my ribs told me all I needed to know about them. The rest of it I had to guess at. Time is hard to judge when you're blindfolded, but there's only one main road out of San Francisco by land. I know the towns and stops along it fairly well. About 20 miles out of the city, the car turned off the main highway onto a gravel road. Five minutes later, the blindfold came off. The fog was so thick, I still couldn't see much. The gunners pushed me ahead of them into a shack that looked like a summer vacation cottage sign over the door that said, Buy the weed. A sallow, mean-looking little man with a heavily scarred face met us at the door. On his right arm, just above the wrist, was tattooed a small picture of a mallard duck. He glared at me, and then at O'Rourke. How come? I told you, don't come back without her. Heaven be my witness, Ducky, I did my utmost. Huh? It seems, Ducky, that Mr. Spade is interested in money. What money? Did you tell him we got the old lady? I did, sir. I am afraid we've misjudged, Mr. Spade. In short, Ducky, Mr. Spade is not in the least altruistic. What does he want? Uh, you had better tell him, Mr. Spade. Fifty thousand now, another fifty cheese when I deliver the duck. A hundred cheese is a lot of cash. You can afford it. Bugsy, bring in the old lady. Okay. Well, uh, I'm so glad to be this morning. Sam, well, it's high time. You know these men. This was a cute trick, Ducky, but it's going to cost you. The lady spoke to you, Spade. I told you it's going to cost you letting her see me here. And the longer she stands here staring at me, the more it's going to cost you. Sam, what is it? If I've done anything, it'll make you angry. Get her out of here! But Mr. Morton said you were going to call for me, Sam. I, I don't understand. There, there, no matter. Don't. Uh, come along now. Don't you worry about it. I want to go home. Well, of course. I really want to go home. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Spade. You've broken that old lady's heart. Stop drooling. Watch your talks on the eye any sweet old lady. I don't have to use words when I talk to you, Ducky. You won't do anything to me because I got something you need. Okay. A hundred G's paid the way you said. Price has gone up. Huh? Kidnapping's a federal rap. I'm not taking any part of it. She don't know she was snatched. We told her we are from the DA's office. 
keeping her on ice as a witness. You'll find out different. I don't plan on settling down here. Oh, that's fine, but I have to go on living in this town with that old hen alive and clucking. It won't be easy. You mean you want we should knock off that sweet old lady? You're a little slow, Ducky, but you'll get there. I've met some lousy low-down heels in my day, but you're the lousiest lowest. Go on. Go on, I can take more of it at these prices. We ain't doing your dirty laundry, see? Then it's no dice. My price is a hundred grand. What if I say no? Then I turn over the duck to the federal boys. In that case, I don't care whether the old lady stays alive or not, because I'll be playing mad game. Either you're in or you're out. Take it over, Morton. When you decide, you know where to reach me. Yeah. We'll know where to reach you. <laughs> Drove me back to town blindfolded. When they let me out of the car, all I could see, even without the blindfold, was the corner of Post and Carney. When a streetcar came along, I tossed a coin with it to get on it. I lied down on the tracks and let it run over me. Came up head, so I uh, tossed it again, and I got on instead. I fished in my pocket for a slug and came up with a folded slip of paper. It was the one Lola had handed me at Mr. Perrine's birthday party when they were passing out the parts for that screwy charade game. I unfolded it and glanced at it. <laughs> I read it over very carefully. The writing was hard to make out, but what I could read of it said, Help me. That man Marty has followed me here to kill me. If I get out of here alive, Maxie's arcade. I have a hundred dollars. I got off at Columbus and walked up to the international settlement where Maxie's arcade does business. It's what they used to call a penny arcade before inflation set in. I dropped a nickel in a fortune-telling machine. Worried? Perplexed? Know thyself and your problems will vanish. A card came out that said, You're of a naturally deceitful and secretive character. Disloyalty brings its own punishment. It's never too late to mend. I tore up the card, kicked the machine, and that's when I saw it. A narrow little boot muffled in drapes, and the sign over it said, Salty Hawkins, tattoo artist. The card under the curtain showed some typical tattoo designs, anchors, mermaids, fancy initials, but one had a hand-drawn picture pasted over it. It was a mallard duck, the same as the tattoo mark I'd noticed on Ducky Morden's wrist. I pulled the curtain aside and went in. Yes, sir, what can I do for you, mate? What do you know about the duck? All in your jib, mate. There's no freshwater birds here about. How about the new one you just put up in your cart outside? Oh, that one, eh? Now, whereabouts? On the arm? Two, three colour jobs. Ah, leg. Whereabouts? Her left knee. Well, that's right, mate. It was on her knee. Did you have your remove it for her? Right, guess that time, mate. Now, why? Look, mate. If I did, I wouldn't be telling strangers about a secret. All right, where is she? Take it easy, mate. I haven't got time to take it easy, mate. Talk. Sure, about temper, gent. You come are. on, come on. I was going to tell you now. She says to me, she says, if a man comes All right, in... shut up. Where is she? Right in the back room, mate. Spade, open up. Hello, Lola. Finally worked out your charade. Come on in, quick. Were you followed here? I wouldn't have come if I had been. How much do you know? They want you a hundred thousand bucks worth. You tell me why. You've seen Ducky Mordant? Yeah. Didn't he tell you? I want to hear it from you. Don't believe anything he says. Morning and I didn't even give me the time of day. He says he wants me back that way. He's a liar. How does he want you back? With Richard Mortis, he wants me back. I'm taking an awful chance opening up to you like this. 
Let him catch me. They'd only kill me. Humane. You was to let the DA people get at me. Ducky's mob would lay for me then if it took them years. And... Oh, gee, you don't know, Sam. They, they torture girls. What that mob would do to me if I had to testify against okay, him. Okay, I take your word for that. Who are these DA people you're talking about? You never heard of Ducky Morton before? I heard his name. I thought he was knocked over when they had the big racket-busting show in New York years ago. Yeah, I guess a lot of people thought that. It wasn't healthy to mention Ducky's name. What was the racket? Juke joints. Giving Mickeys to servicemen, rolling them. That's why the feds are helping the DA's office. They arrested hundreds of girls and held them as material witnesses. Only they wanted me most of all. I'd worked the joints, you see, and then I was Ducky's girlfriend during the duration. I'd think you'd be only too happy to tell what you know about him in court. Oh, gee, I would if I did, but you don't know. The DA's office say they'll give a girl protection, but how can they? What are you doing in San Francisco? Running away. Had my ticket on a boat. I was going to Honolulu. They was watching the boats. So then I found this room out in Oakland. Mrs. Preen was real nice to me. I never thought they'd find me there. And then Marty showed up. Honestly, it was just a Mickey I put in his drink. Just like we used in the joints, I never knew it'd kill him. <laughs> You're a brave kid, Lola. Now, look, Ducky offered me a hundred grand to deliver you. Would you take a chance on me fighting it out with him for half of that? For fifty grand? Brother, where are we meeting him? O'Rourke's car was parked outside my apartment building where I had a hunch it would be. The two gunners picked us up at the door, unloaded my hardware, and marched us up the stairs. Ducky opened the door of my listen, apartment and waved us inside. Ducky, the plant outside, you two. Ducky, listen to me. Uh, sit down. You too, Lola. Ducky, I swear I never said a word. I'd never talk, Ducky, even if they chopped my head off. We'll take up your suggestion later. I got a conference on with Mr. Spade here. You bring the money? Don't crowd me. There's that other matter. The old lady. How about the old lady? I keep my word, Spade. You delivered the duck. Okay. The way Jenny gave it out to O'Rourke was the old lady for the duck. But you ain't got no ethics. You see, you figured me wrong. I don't kill old ladies. You're going to kill the duck. I ain't no old lady. No, you ain't. And you ain't going to get any older. And neither are you, Spade. He wasn't kidding. He really meant to knock me over. And the gun he was going to do it with got ready to speak its piece. I'd made my play too strong. The way this type of Gunzel thinks is simple, and I'd guessed it right. If you pressure him, they go the other way by instinct. But what I hadn't figured was that this killer had a heart of lettuce. He was going to cut me down to protect your mother from me. How do you like that? I couldn't change my play now. The wheel was already spinning, and so was my head. I tried to brace myself and waited for the blast. Perrine, what are you doing here? I was just making some coffee for the boys. Oh, dear, I've broken your cups. That's okay, Mother. We'll take care of it. Bugsy, pick it up. Oh, thank you, Mr. Bugsy. Well, I'm so glad you got my message, Sam. Didn't Effie come with you? Uh, yeah. I mean, no. I, oh, I, mean... I wanted to surprise you both together. I hope you don't mind my taking over the kitchen. It was so late and the boys were getting hungry, so I offered to make some coffee and hot cakes. Well, that was very nice of you. Uh, Mr. Morton, put that pistol down for a moment and, and help me move this table up into the room. Huh? Oh, oh, sure, Mother. Thank you. Oh, we've had such a good time. I've never been up so late in my life. Mr. Bugsy and I played a game called Blackjack, and I won $50. <laughs> Wait till Effie hears about that. 
Yeah, wait till she hears. I suppose Effie will come with Mr. Bundy. Bundy? Oh, yes. I remember that Effie said you and she are off and down at his office at police headquarters late at night. So I phoned there. Uh, and... Mother. Yes, Mr. Morton? Did you say you phoned police headquarters? Well, yes. That's where Mr. Bundy works. Mother. What did you tell Mr. Bundy? Well, just that you and the boys were here and that we were about to have some coffee. And he said he'd just love to come up and join us. And I said, do. And he said he would. With some of his boys. <laughs> <laughs> did I say something wrong? <laughs> no. No, Mom. Not at all. <laughs> all right, boys. Well, I believe that's Mr. Bundy now. <laughs> When the smoke cleared away, Ducky Morton and his hoods were playing dead duck for keeps in my living room rug. And that rug just came back from the cleanest, too. Dundee and the boys from Homicide took Lola Brent away with him. After it was all cleaned up, I found your mother out in the kitchen. Well, Sam, I just made another pot of coffee. <laughs> oh, it's okay, Mom. It's okay. It's all over now. I know. I know. I... I've been holding this bag. Oh, say, I've never been so frightened in all my life. How does Effie stand it? You played it good, Mom. You played it real good. Did I? Was I as brave as Effie? Braver. And not only that, you got more brains. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education.